I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the Football History Podcast. My name is Nick Hart. Welcome to a new year, dear listeners, 2022. Um, time passes onwards, doesn't it? Time marches on. So it's quite apt that today, for today's show, we welcome an author of a new book that is uh, available on the market now, a book called Lost Football in the 1980s. As the years pass by the 1980s that seem so recent and so relevant to many of us, myself included, fade ever uh, more distantly into the background of football history. But today's guest, Phil Brennan, is uh, the author of a wonderful book that seeks to recapture something of the spirit and the football grounds particularly of those far-off times. So we're going to cross over now to the interview with, I did the other day with Phil Brennan. Big welcome on the show now to the editor of a wonderful new book set in my kind of era, listeners. It's a book about the lost stadiums and the lost football scene, and the lost world of 1980s football. Big welcome to Phil Brennan. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, Nick. How are you? I'm, uh, thanks very much for the big, the big intro to the book. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fascinating subject, mate. Um, I mean, I think... For gentlemen of a certain age, and I'm I'm, I'm including myself on this uh, in that category, listeners, um, and I, I dare say yourself, Phil. But um, it does look like a lost world when you look back at these old photos of stadiums and you know the whole kind of football world of the past. It it, it all kind of came to an end in the 1980s when this is like a photographic record of the 1980s in many respects, isn't it? Well, it is, and uh, <laughs> people used to say, well. I- big fan of George Orwell and I always believed that the world would end in 1984 and uh, for me for me it did because I got married you can cut that bit out (laughs) Um, I um, 
No, I'm, and it's a strange one how the book came about because I'm, I am, like you say, a gentleman of a certain age, and I like the phrase gentleman. I've never heard yeah. that. I've, not, I've, on, I've only started being called a gentleman since I got past 60, so I think that's what it was. Um, no, I, um, I was putting together a book on, on Stockport County, who, as you're aware, I, I have followed for many, many years. And, yeah. um, I was When I was furloughed from work, I was doing a bit of work, and this fantastic photograph of um, the railway and the edge of the park from the sat from the street came up just appeared on on uh, i think it was twitter or facebook i think it was twitter and i thought that's that's exactly the image i'm looking for to use in the book and i, I followed the fella on on twitter he didn't follow me back straight away yeah. but um i knew somebody who knew him so I, I rang the lad that i knew and i said listen do you know david featherston and he said, yeah, he's a photographer up at our local non-league club. I said, will you get him to follow me on Twitter or give him my number? I need to speak to him. Right. Um, and he followed me back and I sent him a message. He said, look, Dave, I'm, I'm working on this book. I'd really like your permission to use that image. And he was like really overcome that somebody had actually asked for permission. But, you know, old school, that's what you do, isn't it? You're supposed polite. to. You're meant to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. He said, well, actually, I've got about four or five from that same game. Give us your email, I'll send them to you. And I was amazed at how good they And they look like watercolours. And I wasn't quite sure why they look like watercolours to a certain degree. But apparently they're from a, a reel. You're right, so basically, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he, he's, he saved them from a film reel. So anyway, he sent them me. And a couple of days later, I noticed he put some more on from a different ground. I'm going to say Swansea, but I'm not sure it was Swansea. It was, you know, right. it, was, yeah. it was definitely somewhere. Somewhere like, like the Betchfield, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, I rang him up. By now, I'd got his number. I rang him up and said, Dave, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? I said, stop putting the pictures on Twitter and Facebook <laughs> without watermarking them. And he said, why? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I sent him a photograph of a mug of the very image that I'd loved the Stockport County one. Somebody had made a mug of it. And I said, look, this is what you're missing out on. Yeah. <laughs> so people are just stealing your stuff. And he said, you know what? He said, you're not the first person to say that. I said, and I won't be the last no, <laughs> so, no, no. Um, and then we got, you know, we, we sort of had a couple of conversations. I said, listen, I said, how many of these images have you got? And he said, well, I did the 92 club back in the 80s. Oh, wow. And I took photographs everywhere I'd been. Right. So, of course, my ears pricked up and we'd, I'd already done, you know, again, people are probably aware, we've done a series of non-league groundhopper diaries, which is a similar sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I said, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, putting a book together. And he was like, oh, I can't write. I said, well, that's very good because I can. <laughs> so, um, so the two come together, yeah. So um, we made a couple of appointments to meet up and he was a bit nervous about COVID and this, that and the other. And uh, I'd gone back to work by then. Right. Uh, and we, we met up in this little, lovely little cafe in, in Atherton where he's the... Lo he's the um, photographer for Adverton Collieries for those who really want to dig him out he, he you know he goes all over the country well all over the northwest watching Adverton Collieries these days yeah 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 so we met up in this little cafe and we, we I showed him the copies of the the uh, non-league diaries just to show him that you know I'm sort of I was genuine I wasn't just looking at stealing his images and I could see that he really liked the idea of this so I said to him look 
if you're happy with what you know, I, I'm quite. I live at your book because I love football photographs. I love that that period of time. Actually, a bit after my time. I mean, I'm I'm a gentle, gentleman of a little bit older age, really, because okay, my my I was following County back in the well, I still follow, but but. I started following County 66, 67. Oh, right. You're from the 60s. I thought, yeah. I, uh, well, yeah. no, I, yeah. And my my sort of period was sort of Friday night football in the late 60s, early 70s, mid 70s, right through until, well, till I got married, really. The <laughs> <laughs> rest is um, history. Sorry, Liz. <laughs> but, you know, so I was really interested in these because, I've done the 92 of sorts. I've done a lot more than the 92, really, with the way things have changed. But I'd never really sort of had any photographic evidence. So so he, he sort of sent me the a big batch of images. And right. I, I was, I have to say, I was quite shocked because I'd assumed, wrongly as it turned out, I'd assumed that he was an official photographer. And he wasn't. He just used to go to with games camera. with his yeah, with yeah. his camera in his pocket, and and you know he a lot of the a lot of the images are from the from obviously he took pictures from outside the ground, but he's got images of on the terraces. Um, you know, there's a couple of oh, there was a couple we had to leave out really because we, <laughs> we didn't want people saying, "Hey, I don't want to be photographed running across the pitch." At well, the I suppose other there's always that side. <laughs> So, but no, you know, we would, I got through all these images and and he was a bit, the reason he'd never really looked at doing anything with them was when he first put the idea of going to do the 92 club, <laughs> there's, a, there's a theme here. He was yeah. married when he started the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a punchline coming to this? Some, se- some sentences don't need finishing, do they? <laughs> so, so he, um, so he'd, he'd done the 92, and what he'd done is he'd got his own little criteria, and we're all a little, we've all got our foibles where football's concerned. There's certain yep. things that we, you know, we like to do. So what he'd done is set himself this target of, and I'd, I'd forgotten to say right at the very beginning, he's actually a, a Manchester United fan, and he, and he has been for, you know, all his life, and he, he doesn't go anymore because most of them don't, does he? But no. he, he'd started out, his first ever game, he'd gone to United as a schoolboy, and his dad had given him a brownie, and, you know, he got into the photography that way, and then he started getting into taking photographs of football. So he decided that he was going to do the 92, but he wanted to do it in such a way that he didn't see the same away team more than once. Right. Okay. So he, I think from memory, I think he started in 82, 83. Yeah. And so it went over four, four seasons, four or five seasons. What where, an achievement, Phil. What an achievement that is. Um, and, and obviously all self-funded. He, yeah. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't an official. So he just used to, so like, so when South End used to play on a Friday night, he went to the, he went all the way to South End on the Friday night, and then went to somewhere like Reading on the Saturday. Right, stay over, yeah. So yeah. It, it was like a military operation. Yeah, planning and it was um, an incredible amount of planning involved in that. Really, name of the book, <laughs> listeners. The name of the book is Lost, and I think that's a great title, Phil. Lost. Football in the 1980s, a unique photographic record of the stadiums, the terraces, the players and the fans that defined the footballing era. Um, great title because it does rather feel like a lost era, doesn't it? 
when you look back at it because football's transformed this. Have you mentioned Manchester United already? I suppose I've, you know, Manchester United superseded by Manchester City into this new era of multi-million, billion pound football that um, I don't know about you, Phil. I feel slightly removed from it. And I think it's because, and uh, you know, the, the images that you've captured in this book do do have a certain warmth and resonance. And I know that, you know, the 80s and before and now written off as that was that phrase slum football played by slum people and slum stadiums. But bloody hell, it was fun. And if you felt like you were enjoying yourself at the football in a way that doesn't seem quite so resonant now, would you agree with that? Well, I don't. I would and, and wholeheartedly agree, but I don't go a little bit further. I don't think you're allowed to enjoy yourself anymore at football. You know, it just no. seems to be that. I mean, I, I've not been in the Premier League ground for years. I mean, I, obviously, I do a bit of freelance, freelance journalism. So I do go, you know, I go to Wembley for you know, certain games and certainly the non-league games. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot of people, not just my age, there's a lot of people that have drifted away and into non-league football, which has been great. I mean, I've, I've, I'm a long-standing uh, non-league supporter. I've played it when I was a kid. And, you know, obviously when I was working at Stockport, we, we decided to give non-league a taste, you know, give it a try. Mm. And, uh, yeah, unfortun- yeah. Unfortunately, they're still there. But, um, <laughs> you know, it just... Um, it, it, when, when I started looking through these photographs, you, you're quite right. It took me back. You know, I, I'm... I'm 63, so when I started this book, I think I was, well, I was 62, it was last year when I started doing it. Yeah. Um, but as I said earlier, my, I, I'm a Friday night football man, so I would go with my friends to United one week, City the next, or go to away games. And in the late 70s, you probably won't want to wear this bit, but we became very close to a group of Chelsea lads. So yeah, we yeah. would then go... Yeah we would then go down to Chelsea to watch them or that we'd go and watch them in, in the Northwest. And so there's still that affiliation, by the way, there's quite a lot of Stockport lads who are, are very close knit with, with a group of Chelsea lads. And it's just, I think what I think from memory, it was a Friday night football match and there was a group of them up for a Saturday game. So they came to Anthony Park on the sat on the Friday night. Uh, and it, as it was in those days, you, you, you were curious as to who the group of strange-looking people were, and yeah, yeah, it, it was a, it was a funny one. It, it actually there was no trouble. It, it was like, well, we're here because we're Chelsea and we're this, that, and the other, and it just a friendship grew from that. But um, so when I started looking at these photographs, and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, I remember that ground when it looked mm. like that. Um, and I've been back to a lot of them. Obviously, when Stockport moved up to the Championship, there's a lot of the clubs that we played, you know, in and around. Um, I think I'm just thinking about it. There's, there's a few photographs in there from Coventry, and when people look at it, so this, these photographs, when did Coventry win the Cup? Was it 87? 87, 88, wasn't it? Um, 86, right, so, 87, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, so, so 87, I think, is the last year that some of these images are in the book because he, he went to watch Coventry versus Watford and it was the start of the following season or early on in the following season. Yeah. And when people see those photographs, they'll be amazed. This, the whole, you, you probably remember it, but Coventry's home end, as well as having all the terraces down the sides, was like a mud heap. 
And there's, there's, there's hundreds of Coventry City fans, and it's a sunny day, so it's dry mud, you know. And there's hundreds of Coventry fans sat on mud, bon- mud bonking or banking, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. Thinking that, that was the year they won the FA Cup. They've not got a proper stand. It's no, mad. No, no, no. But, no. you know, I mean, they're, they're obviously they've had a few issues since then and moved out, moved back in, moved out again. You know, it's, it, it, those sort of things, when people start changing grounds and, and, you know, improving grounds, I think that's what this book is. It's so, it's a charm. It's a real charm to the book, you know, because a lot of people, let's say people in the 20s and 30s, I showed my son some of these images. He's 26. And he's, unfortunately for him, He'd been brought up on Stockport mainly in non-league football because he doesn't yeah, remember. Yeah, it was only yeah. it was only ten eleven when they yeah, dropped out. Yeah, just a kid. Yeah, yeah. About, maybe thirteen when they dropped out of non-league into non-league football. But so he doesn't really remember going to league grounds. But when I was showing him these images, he's like, "Wow, people actually put up with that," <laughs> you know, in the football league sort of thing. I think it's, it's it's one of the things that I mean, there's a number of things that struck me as I was thinking about the book. One one was the ease. I mean, from the Manchester area, you you could think about you could just pay on the gate. You go to Stockport on the Friday. You go to United or City or wherever else. You know, wherever else your choice was in London. You could alternate between, for me, Millwall one week, Charlton the next. You know, you could just turn up. You paid on the on the door. You got in, and there was none of this. Um, I don't know if it's complexity, but it, football now seems to have become something like, like the theatre where you need a ticket to get in. You, you can't just go on the day or with very short notice. And I think we've lost something, Phil. There's, there's a there's a fun and spontaneity that comes across in a book that has, has gone from the game and won't come back, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I remember, yeah, I remember like after the game on a Friday night, we'd be in the pub till locking up time. And then we'd all be like, where should we go tomorrow? Mm. And we just go, we just go somewhere. So you're quite right. I mean, just going back to my son this year, uh, obviously County had a decent cup on them, uh, went to Bolton and went to Rotherham. And then I show him the photographs in the book of what, <laughs> what Burnham Park looked like rather than the Reebok or whatever it's called this year. And then <laughs> took him to the New York stadium, which is still makes me giggle. Every That's time a I wonderful name. That. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I show him Millmore, you know, yeah. and, and and that's when I'm saying he's looking at it thinking when he does go to a, 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 you know, a football league or, you know, Premier League ground these days. And then he looks at what it used to look like. It's a real, I can see in his, the, you know, the confusion. He's looking at it. So you yeah. used to go, you used to go and stand. Yeah, and you remember the, the the massive. I mean, they were massive when you look back. The massive open terraces at places like Bradford Valley Parade and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you just look at them and think. I mean, do you, do you remember the old Bob Lord standing? It seemed to go on forever. Yeah, you're going huge. up them steps. Yeah, um, I mean the, the but, valley, Charlton's Valley, was a yeah. massive round. Oh, there's, there's uh, a couple of there's a couple of belting photographs from the valley, and it, it, one of them, in fact, I think one of them's on the back cover. Yeah, there's one on the back cover, and there's um, you see that, and I hesitate to use the word style, but the style of clothing that people used to wear at football. <laughs> uh, I won't have a bad word said about it, to be honest. I mean, I I I 
really, I love the fact that, you know, I lived through that punk era, I dressed like, you know, things like that, and then you, obviously you get a bit more baggy in the 80s and stuff, so yeah. I, I, it is, it's a, you know, it's what it's we wore. Yeah. yeah, and and I listen to my, my son-in-law now, who's 36, 37, and thinks he's invented drainpipe trousers with no socks on, <laughs> no, that's the beauty of the book, and some of the, the images that he's taken, David's taken from actually on the terraces, I mean, there's one one or two in particular. I said to him, that lad looks like he was ready to give you a slap round the face for taking his photograph. And he said, Probably no. will have his picture said, taken. And yeah, <laughs> but I mean, when you think back to that era as well, that, you know, they probably didn't want the photograph taken. Well, they certainly but, didn't. Another thing that struck me thinking about this, this book, Phil, is... is Stadiums of the 80s, which were still probably, it's probably that last era where the game was still in touch with its working class roots. You know, the, the, the Victorian era, the industrial, the the, the kind of uh, the city kind of origins of, of, of modern day professional football. You could still see a direct link with it, which which faded with the arrival of the Premier League, didn't it? And then the, the move towards out of town stadia or seated stadia um, where you're kind of, monitored and photographed at the moment you you set foot yeah. across the threshold i mean back in back in the 80s i mean i, I well remember in the aftermath of uh, the disasters of the mid 80s which is when the rock kind of set in for for the game in in some respects some would say it improved from there but i'm not so sure but it's for the most part what i really like about your your blurb and i think this is something that doesn't get said enough was the enjoyability the fun the the energy of, of 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 stadiums in those times, the t- the chance, the terracing, all that came with it. Yeah, I, I think I mean obviously lost is, you know, I have to give credit to Merv as you know Merv's a big Millwall fan and mm. he's our publisher, so yeah, it lost lost was he the immediately when he saw the photographs he sort of said lost you know and that and it stuck and it became the working title and then there was no need to change it because it it made perfect sense um and it's it's i, I mean i'm you know even though i'm the age i am i, I never really, i never got a chance to go to the old end because we we very rarely played each other so no you know no, I mean? no, it, it no was, we didn't although uh <laughs> i did go to was it 96 97 and we, we came down Stop it was a fantastic season yeah, for us. That's right, yeah. It was a season where we went up to the championship, but we came down, and I always remember, I'd, I'd always heard these big stories about, you know, you, you don't want to go to Millwall and win. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, we, we, we were particularly good that season. And uh, I think we were winning 3-1 with not long left. And I remember the lad that I was with was like thinking about, leaving early and I said oh no I'm not going I never leave early and he's going but it's Millwall and I was like yeah <laughs> and he was like no no we, we and, then, and then you scored to make it 3-2 did we pull it back and did then, we make it did we and then you made it 3 you, no you made it 3-3 three, three, and there was only about a minute left and we looked at each other and went that's alright we'll, we'll all right. for a draw <laughs> yeah we'll settle for a draw nobody's going to be angry with us if we draw and as we look oh, at each dear. other congrats, sort of congratulate congratulated each other on the fact that we were going to get Garrett Cowell alive because we'd not won. <laughs> Alan Armstrong yeah. popped up and made it 4-3. And we, we sort of went into a semi-cheer and then thought, oh, no. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But in all honesty, the lads that we met outside, they were absolutely top-notch. And uh, in fact... When you came for the return, I won't mention the score, but my daughter was the mascot, or one of the mascots. She was our mascot because it was her birthday. And um, Ray Wilkins, God bless his soul, was fantastic with her. And, you know, he, he took her into the, the Millwall dressing room, introduced her. I think she was about 12 at the time, 11, 12, and he introduced her to all the Millwall lads. Uh, and he was, he was top-notch, a real gentleman. Um, and we actually met, we met up with a couple of the, the lads that we'd met earlier on in the year that well right, yeah, yeah. previous year and we, we had a quiet beer with them and, and they were just you know it, it was really strange I'd never really had I've only ever met Millwall the only other time I met Millwall fans was going back to the book is um, the old Shrewsbury Stadium with the little was it a car okay, or whatever they used to yeah. yeah and they used to have the little the little boat in the for when the, the ball got kicked into the into the river um, <laughs> and We'd played him in the FA Cup and it had been a bit lively, so we were late getting back to the station. And when we got <laughs> to the station, they wouldn't let us onto the platform uh, because yeah. there were some, some gentlemen from Millwall who uh, were having words with the local constabulary about why they couldn't yeah. get off the train and go for a beer in, in Shrewsbury. <laughs> 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 but no, that's oh. about the only time. But, you know, so Happy I've, days. I've never really. And then obviously I met Merv years and years later and uh, he saw the light and married a Stockport girl. <laughs> no, so he's up that way now, isn't he? What's your favourite picture in the book, Phil? Was, was your, what would you choose your favourite image of, of, of the group? I, th- I think, one. I mean, being a Stockport fan, one of my favourites is uh, Tranmere, a game at Tranmere mm. and it captures the... There's two, there's two pictures from that game where we played in a very iconic yellow and green Adidas kit, which you can't buy for love no money anymore. And um, but it's got there's one shot where it's got the 
the terrace with a few county lads on that I recognise in their uh, star jumpers and baggy jeans and stuff. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah like the, other one is, the other one has got a picture of, uh, I think he died recently, David Phillips, he used to play Stockport, Colchester and that. But also one of my all-time heroes at Stockport, Mickey Quinn. Oh, right, I sent yeah, the fo- yeah. I sent the photograph to him because we I, I still speak to Mickey quite a lot and uh, he he actually did an, an after dinner for me a, a few yeah. years ago he's yeah. a, a top bloke but yeah so I sent him the photograph and he was really he really appreciated it because he's he said, "Oh, I look a lot slimmer now." I don't remember being. I was going to say he was a very useful striker, but he wasn't. He was quick over a short distance, Mickey Quinn, wasn't he? He was very fast yeah. over a well, short burst. You know. He always said he was the fastest over five yards in the league. Exactly. <laughs> but you no know, it, it, yeah. But you know, we had a. I mean, we have we've had some great stories off him over the years, and I, he's been, as I say, he did a great after dinner for us once but at the club when we were desperate for funds. Didn't charge us a lot of money. In fact, um, I was told that um, Eric Hall could get him for a fee. Yeah. And I'd already spoken to Mickey, and Mickey had agreed to do it for 500 quid less than Eric Hall wanted to charge us. <laughs> that was Eric's 500 <laughs> quid, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, so, I've got my favourite favorite stadium of that era, but I'm going to ask, what was your favourite stadium? I mean, this, this, leave aside Stockport, because that might be an un, unfair No, um, to be fair, I think that was never. It's, it, it's hard to, you know, when you look at, I think, I'm probably going to say Springfield Park. Um, okay, we can. I remember, yeah, because when they came into the league, um, I'd actually played against them as a kid, um, right. and you, you know they were they were a totally different club by the time I by the time they came into the league. But but they were still a non-league football club. They had, they, I don't know if you ever got up to Springfield Park, but they had a, no, a hill. No. The away okay. end was a hill, and when I say hill, it was very very steep. And it had a little terrace on the top of it. It looked daft. And this little right. terrace on the top of the hill. But you can imagine one sprinkle of rain on there and nobody was stood on that. It become like <laughs> a storm, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, you know, being obviously local to us and when they first came in league, we played them a lot. We always seemed to get them in the cup. And, uh, yeah. and also we got we got Mickey Quinn from there. For, for In fact, they paid us to take him off their hands, so... You know, it's, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think when I look back at, I mean, I've been to far more, you know, salubrious grounds, and I've been to, you know, grounds that I've really, you know, look at them in amazement. But in the book, I, I would say that, you know, I, I've, I, I love the old Tranmere ground, and I love the old, but Wigan, I think, I just really takes me back to a time when, you know, we were young and carefree, and you know, yeah. we just had a laugh. At, we had a laugh at the football, as you said earlier. We, you know, we actually enjoyed our our days out i think it's that isn't it it's, it's the it's the personal nature of it and you know um you see online a lot and i'm i know in the book there are images that will be personal to 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 for many many people um and it's it's, it's capturing it's capturing that sense I'm, I'm i'm going to discount the den because obviously that that has a unique place in 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 my memory but my i, I thought i'd choose eastville for bristol rovers as a favorite ground because in yeah. many ways um, it was a Greyhound Stadium, really, wasn't it? And, yeah. um, well, I, I, just an interrupt the you there. It's one of the, one of the grounds I've been to where I've seen Speedway and football. 
Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I, I never saw yeah. anything else. I saw us play there, but I just love that. I mean, they had roses behind the goals there, Phil, didn't they? They had like a rose rose yeah. bed. And I thought it's really odd. Yeah, it's really odd combination of... Um, there's, actually, there's a section in the book of uh, people where, you know, we've got images of certain people. And one of them was actually a lady from Bristol Rovers that we used as part of our promotion uh, for the book, where she's mm. just, she looks such a happy soul. And we were, we were just trying to get hold of her. Um, and we never actually managed to find her, but we got a lot of messages from Bristol Rovers fans. Oh, that's Irish Rose, that, that's or Irish Mary or Irish Rose. And okay. It was like yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody from a certain age recognised her. And it was, um, so yeah, Eastville, <laughs> you know, it's quite, it was a, it was a, a it was next to a sort of, was it next to a canal? Was there a canal or something? There was, like there was, there was, there was the, um, there was a motorway across one corner. There was like a big, um, Wimbledon used to have this, um, a big kind of electric pylon, um, you know, with wires going across another part. Um, then you had the oval of the Speedway Greyhound Stadium with a, the football pitch in the middle. Um, and at one end, the home end, um, which got quite lively when, when I went down there with, with the Lions, they had these big um, tote um, indicators, the totalisator indicators around the top of the of the cover uh, down at the home end. And I don't know, it was just like a, such a quirky odd place and yet you know clearly it was loved by the bristol rovers fans and, and football took place there and i think it's now something like a i don't know like a one of these retail parks curries or you know dfs or one of those kinds of retail parks it always just seems so sad that um these stadiums fell by the wayside over from the 80s period onwards really wasn't it as, as clubs started to have to relocate to to out normally out of town rather soulless places. I kind of I kind of hate that development, Phil. The the kind of reddingization of football. You know the the move to ed, edge of town, edge of Tesco's and Sainsbury's and and uh, the retail park and, and and then there's a football ground. Now, football's meant to be played in the town from which the club springs. To me, well, well yeah, you know, I mean you know the majority of the grounds in this book. You know they are. You know when I when I think back to the ones that I went to, they were always within a cockstride mm. of the town centre, weren't they? They weren't. Yeah. You know, like, like you know, like how many times like Shrewsbury places like that, you'd be in the pub until about five to three. Because you could just walk around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, you could just walk around the corner. I mean, there's some. You know, obviously there were grounds like um, Crew and Southport and Halifax where you could actually go in the social club, which was part of the ground. Yeah, you know, yeah. so and you just—it's just like you say when I when I didn't realise that Mil that Millmore's still there when we went Millmore. to Rotherham. Yeah, because I looked. Up, this is this is going to be a secret confession for listeners, and I don't know if you do this, Phil. You can confess it too if you do. But I spent I spent a fair chunk of time looking on Google Maps at the site and location of former football grounds. And I was amazed to see that Millmore Rotherham. It's still there. I don't know if they use it for reserve football or if any any other. No, I think it's derelict. I think I think it's is actually it? derelict. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. sure it is. I mean, I'm I'm sort of a. I don't quite do the Google Map thing, but I do do the <laughs> if I'm going to see if I'm going to see a client and I know there used to be a football ground in that town. Right. I will definitely I will definitely go to where that football ground was. And in and a lot of cases, I'll go into the old ground and or what was the old ground? What was there? Yeah. Sort of, if there's some sort of structure still there, 
and I'll take loads of photographs from my own, not my own. This is this is destroying our credibility. Our, our punk yeah. rock credibility well, is going out the window, Phil. My mind is already. It's, it, it's, um, it's, I think it's there's something really sad about an empty, derelict football, you know, at derelict. stadium or yeah, ground. Absolutely. You know, you just when you look at them and you, and you and especially if you've been there and you've. You know, if you've been lucky enough to play a game there or, you you know, like most cases, you've been there to watch a game, win, lose or draw, it takes yeah. you straight back. And it's just so, so sad that, you know, that a ground, in some respects, I'd rather it was flat and gone than something <laughs> built on it on it or, or left no in, trace. In, a, you know, yeah. in a ghost and a ghostly manner. You know, it's just... I mean, there are. I mean, I remember going to Scarborough. And take, we were going up to Scarborough for the weekend, and I, I took a detour to just to, to convince myself that they will have done something with the old Scarborough ground. And at the time, they hadn't. The two old yeah. gates were still there, chained together. The funny thing is, with those gates, we that was you know last time I went to the old stadium, they were still there, the old McCain Stadium. And then yeah. last year, I think was it last year, year before last year, we went to Whitby for a weekend. And on the way through, we we sort of went to the, through Scarborough, went to the new Scarborough ground. I went to meet the manager actually, but as it happens, and then I realised that the old gates from the old football league Scarborough ground, they've actually reused them on the new purpose-built That's ground, nice which is, yeah, yeah, and because it, it, I just thought they looked nice, they looked daft in a way because the new grounds like you know, a flat pack, and then you've got these yeah, really beautiful, yeah. ornate old gates, but it's it's nice that they've had a nod to the past. There's a link, Middlesbrough have done the same thing, I was up at Middlesbrough the other week, and they've got a statue of one of their former players, but right by the side of the old Ayrson Park, the ornate gates that they've, they've you know, retrieved from yeah. from the old ground. It, it is a nice touch, I think Wick, Wickham have done something similar as well, they've got a relatively new ground, so I mean it's nice to see these, these nods to the past. Um, I, I, I personally, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm a great one for looking on Google Maps, listeners. I think that's probably going to destroy any remaining credibility I've got left for looking at street views of the Dell in Southampton and <laughs> Bradford Park Avenue location, <laughs> stuff like that. But there we are. Well, like I say, is, is because I cover a lot of grounds for the non-league paper, I, I do tend to, especially if it's a new ground, I'll go to... The, the old ground on the same day just to see just to link it yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and that it, it's, it's really strange you know it, it, even in non-league football that's happening grounds are disappearing and being replaced with you know a newer flat pack version or whatever um i mean chesterfield i know there's yeah. the non-league now Another not, I actually, yeah I, I actually think their new ground's not that bad you know it's not I like it's it. one of the best, yeah, I like one it. of the better flat packs I think I mean I maybe agree. because yeah. it, it's still it's not quite in the town center but it's not you know it's not in an industrial no, it's not so state. far out no you could walk there yeah. from the station um so and I agree that's, that's one of those that I quite like I know I was just going to say do you know what but you know we're at Stockport, there's been so much uncertainty over the years, the previous years, and we, you know, there's been talk of moving out and this, that, and the other. But for the first time in my life, and probably first time in Stockport County's history, they've actually got a chairman who's got more money than God. So <laughs> it, it's, you know, he's done 
you know, so, he's done so much good stuff with the ground that he that yeah. that ground's never, you know, we're never moving out of Edgeley Park now, you know, and there's plans to keep improving the ground and you know putting it, you know, another standard and stuff. So it's it, it's a bit, it's been a long, long road to obviously we still got a way to go to get back in the football league, but it's, uh, with with Mr. Stott in charge, I, I don't think it'll be too much longer. Well, it'd be great to see Stockport back in the Football League, Phil. Um, you know, and I also want to include uh, Notts County. Um, I'm trying to think of. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want them back in. Not you don't yet. want them back. Can, All right. Well, we, we, no, they, they can come back in after us, as long as we, as long as we're back in first. You know. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I mean, in all honesty, and I know I, I, when you look how many ex no ex league teams ex are in now. Yeah. But you know. Look at what Sutton are doing. Sutton are on the, you know, I mean, I know there's still a way to go, but they could actually go up again. And that happens a lot yeah. with teams that come out of the, stock, out of the non-league. The, yeah. the top, and I say it all the time, the top 10 in National League would be as good as the top 10 and probably better than the top 10 in League 2. There's so much, it's so much better now, non-league, the standard of non-league football it's not like you know, um, you know, the team of decorators and bakers and butch- no, no, butchers no, and no, candlestick no. makers. It's so hard to get out of this division now. But the um, national league has but, become a kind of division five, effectively, isn't it? Of of of, of, yeah. uh, of football, if you want to call it in, in those terms. But it's, I, I do agree. I think the you know the the kind of um, the wider uh, the opening up of of um, the promotion relegation to and from League Two into the National League has been the overall a good thing. It does get painful, obviously, for uh, for one or two big names and include Stockport in that. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to see. It'd be, it'd be great to see the return of Stockport first, then Notts County second after after you, <laughs> you've made your comeback. <laughs> Phil, that's, that's wonderful stuff. I just want to give a shout to the, the book is called Lost Football in the 1980s. It is on Amazon, listeners. I, I'm looking on Amazon right now. Um, 17.99. You can get a Kindle version. It's a photographic record of stadiums, terraces, players and fans that defined my footballing era, Phil, and I know quite a few other people's too. And it sounds like an absolutely fascinating book. Big thank you for taking time out of your day, mate, to uh, sit in your car and talk to me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Big shout out to Merv Payne, Millwall fan of the parish, who is actually the publisher as well. He is. He's... I think you can get it. It's on Victor Publishing, which is Merv's company. Um, but I've, I've found it on Amazon. Um, so it's, it's back Victor Publishing because we don't want to. The, the, the BM off of, of Amazon is look after itself. So um, that's <laughs> lost in the 1980s football. Football in the 1980s by uh, Phil Brennan and David Featherstone. So thank you, Phil. I really appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.